Uh, I just want to just kind of uh, uh, remind you, if, if any of you have not uh, taken time to see all of our messages uh, with regard to our vision and mission that we have been talking about all month, uh, I want to make sure you go up online. We have them all on our YouTube channel. And the reason why that's so important to us, because it gives context to who we are and what God has specifically called us to do as a people and as a church. And, uh, and so there's a lot of information that we have covered. And so uh, I just want to make sure that everybody have an opportunity to, to catch up. And, uh, and so uh, just by way of recap, uh, as you know, we have been stating our vision uh, and our mission pretty much for the entirety of this month. Um, and so uh, our series for this month is called Building 2018. Uh, we begin with uh, week one. We just kind of laid out our vision and our mission. Our vision is to establish the believer on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. That's what we're about here at Foundation Church. And we talked about our mission, which is to, um, to train and equip the believer to be mature disciples. And so we talk about those things in great detail. Uh, and so I want you to understand something this morning, because this morning we're going to talk about building vision through opposition. I'm going to say that again. Building vision through opposition. That's very important that we all understand that, that any time that we're going to do anything that is of any relevance and significance as it relates to the kingdom of God, we are going to experience uh, opposition. It doesn't matter whether you're trying to raise a family, you're trying to raise your kids, and many of us know who do have kids or grandkids or those kind of things. We know how the enemy fights us uh, tooth and nail because he want to try to, uh, he want to thwart God's plan for our family, God's plan for our children. So as we are believing God for uh, our next generation, Believe in God for our children. We know that the enemy is going to fight. He's not going to sit idly by and just kind of uh, let us win our children over or this generation or our community to Christ without some opposition, without some fight. It's par for the course. It doesn't matter if you're just trying to live holy or even if you're on your job and you're trying to serve the Lord and you're going to face opposition. You're going to face challenges. And it's important to understand that when those challenges come, because how many know they will come? Nobody is exempt from that, uh, particularly if you are serious about doing anything for the Lord. Uh, and, and as I said last week, the thing that we got to remember is that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And that's really, really important that you catch that. Because uh, you're bombarded, bombarded on a regular basis with so many ideas, so many thought patterns that runs counter to the kingdom of God. And, and everything in this world is set up. The world has been set up to pull us away from what it is that God has for us. And we all understand that what God has for us is the absolute best. Satan never really bothered people who are not actively trying to advance the kingdom of God. Why do I say that? Because they are naturally advancing his agenda and are working within the context of his system, which is to ultimately lead men to hell and destruction. But we understand that Satan is committed to opposing us. Satan is committed to stopping this church. I really believe that the unique vision that God has given us 
is a threat to the kingdom, to the, to the, to the, Satan of, uh, to the uh, kingdom of darkness. And that's why we must be um, tenacious. We must be resilient. We must be committed to what it is that God has called us to build. As I said last week, that we must embrace together the vision and the mission that God has given to us. And we got to fight for it. The kingdom of God suffer violence and the violence take it by force. Uh, we understand that anything that is good in this life, anything that is relevant to the things of God, it is worth fighting for. That's why the Bible says that we got to fight the good fight of faith. How I many you know and believe that it is a fight? Some of you came in here this morning swinging. But we got to understand that we're going to be all that God wants us to be. Brothers and sisters, we got to train. We got to put on our boxing gloves. We got to go jogging. We got to get spiritually fit. And we got to jump in that ring. And how many know we got to fight? We got to fight. If you want what God has for you, you're going to have to fight for it. Now, the good thing is that the Bible says that, that God will give us power. So we don't have to fight in our own strength. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about kind of a human kind of a thing where you're just trying to figure it out, all on, figure it out on, on your own because you have enough experience in life to know that, 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 that you're not all that smart. You're not all that gifted. You're not, you're not that bright. But we're talking about walking in the power of God, walking in the grace of God, trusting in his power that works in and through us mightily to accomplish the will of God. It's going to happen as long as we are rooted and grounded in him because he is the power, as we sung this morning, and he is the glory. So the reward of growing and making disciples and doing what God has called us to do is it's worth the fight. And so, so I want us to understand that, that there's, there's, this is warfare. Everybody say warfare. warfare. Because that's what we're talking about, the spiritual warfare. There are a lot of people today, Satan is mopping up and down the floor because there are too many people who are not aware of spiritual warfare or uh, they don't really give it credibility. But we got to understand that the church and everything as, as a Christian, it is all of, it is all in the spirit realm for for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. So the church is in a realm of the spirit. Therefore, anything that we do, listen, it must be spiritually minded. It can't be earthly minded. It must, we must tap into the realm of the spirit. And where, where the Satan is going to fight us, he's fighting us in the realm of the spirit. You know, there's a reason why you, you, you don't you got to get this. There's a reason why that, that people are struggling in relationships. There's a reason why that there's a there's drug abuse in our community. There's a reason why that our families and our marriages are divorcing in our community. There's a reason why our young people are confused today. It is because the enemy is working behind the scenes. And guess what, church? We have the power to overcome it. We do. But we got it. But how many know that you can't fight an enemy that you're not aware of or that you don't believe exists? And so I want to make sure that we capture this and understand this. So uh, Satan is going to work against us. So let me give you a couple of verses to kind of set this up. And then we're going to kind of go back to uh, Nehemiah here in a second. I want to lay a little bit of a foundation here. Matthew 13, verse 24 through 25. And Jesus was speaking and he was giving another parable, as he always does. He says, uh, Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed. Everybody say good seed. 
good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now watch this. Now you get that. So the keys to Jesus is given a picture of the kingdom of God. He says, so the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed. How many know, church, that, that we are sowing good seed when we sow the word of God? See, how many know this Bible, this word, it is good seed. This is life. This is salvation. This is deliverance. This is joy. This is victory. This is peace. This is righteousness. This is good seed. But watch this. But so while you and I are committed to sowing good seed, watch this. The enemy comes. Who is the enemy? It's the enemy of our soul, Satan. He comes to sow tares among the wheat. Now, what is a tear? We understand a tear to be uh, an injurious weed. Anybody know anything about gardening? One of the things that is a that is a problem is weeds. We're always trying to get the weeds out because the weed has the capacity to, to kind of stunt the growth of, of what you're trying to grow. And so what Satan does, that well, watch this. So while we are actively out there trying to sow good seeds and sharing this gospel of love, right on the backside of it, Satan is, is raising up people. Now, I, I, and I wanna, I'm going to drive this point home in a moment. He's using people so that they can try to sow discord, sow division, watch this, or try to pull people out of the kingdom of God. So in other words, so even now as the word of God is being preached, Satan is working right now to try to uproot that word. That's what he does. That's what he does. He works behind the scene. And so while we're out there and we're, we're sowing good seed, understand there's going to be an enemy out there, Satan, who's going to fight us. He is on the prowl. First Peter 5 verses 8 and 9 says this. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, how many of you believe and know this? Whether you believe or not, every one of you have an adversary in Satan. Satan is your adversary. He is your enemy. He is your enemy. Jesus says, Satan has nothing in me. He says, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. This is what he does. Resist him. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Step faith, step fast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So there's a call in there to be sober, to be alert, to know what's going on spiritually around you. Church, how many know that God wants us to be in the know? Because before anything manifests itself naturally, it first manifests itself someplace in the realm of the spirit. And if we are walking with God, let me, let me, let me, let me say this. The closer you walk with God, the more God will reveal these things to you. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He'll show you these things so you would know. So he says, be sober. In other words, be alert. Don't be drunk with the affairs of this life. Don't be overcome with worry and doubt and all the things of this life. Be sober. Watch this. Be vigilant, he says. In other words, be on alert for possible dangers, for difficulties. Because Satan, like a roaring lion, how many know Satan is a bully? He's always trying to intimidate you. He tried to put you in fear. We're going to talk about that here in a moment. He tried to threaten us. He tried to, he tried to do what he can to intimidate us so that we can't be what God wants us to be. But the Bible tells us to resist him. 
In other words, don't allow the enemy to distract us. How many know that Jesus resisted it? He had to fight against the devil. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Right from the beginning of his ministry, Jesus himself, Satan came and was trying to kill Jesus. Ultimately, is what he was trying to do. He tried to get him to jump. He tried to get Jesus to bow down and worship him. We see that from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, Satan was there. We see him trying to cause confusion. He's, he's there. He's trying to, to, um, to just stifle the work of God. And so we understood, understand that Jesus faced his opposition from the enemy. We must understand that we too will face it. He is seeking to devour us, the Bible says. In other words, church, he want us to, if it's up to Satan, we will be out of here. He want us to be gone. He want to destroy our children. He want to destroy our destiny. He wants to destroy our dreams. He wants to destroy us because we have identified with Christ. And because we've identified with Christ, how many know Satan don't like us? But you don't have to fear that. You just need to know. He, but here's the thing. I don't like him either. Can anybody, can anybody say amen to that? I don't like him either. The feeling is absolutely mutual. But we've overcome. Everybody look at your name and say we've overcome. We've overcome the enemy. It's important that we understand that. So let's, so I want to set this up. So let's look at Nehemiah this morning. In Nehemiah chapter uh, number six, I just read there a moment ago. So we're going to be kind of jumping in and out through various passages in Nehemiah. But um, I first talked about Nehemiah last summer when we uh, had uh, uh, basically launched our Rise and Build campaign. So here we have a man of God who the people of Israel was captive in Persia and Nehemiah was a cupbearer and uh, Jerusalem had been overtaken by uh, these uh, uh, Babylonian forces and they had just burned down the walls. The place was just a mess. And Nehemiah was constantly checking back to see what was happening. What was happening over uh, in this homeland? And, and they came back and said, hey, the walls are torn down. The place has been burned to the ground. The place is an absolute mess. And Nehemiah uh, went into prayer and he developed this deep burden to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall. Now, we're going to learn some things because you and I both know we're, we're talking. Our series is about building. So here at Foundation, we are actually building something, not just trying to lease our own facility, but we're building something that is bigger than just a facility. We're building people. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So we see here that right from the beginning, I want you to understand this. So here Nehemiah gets this vision, get this mission from God, get this burden, get this passion. And he assembles together a team of people and he makes a decision. We're going to go down to so go to Jerusalem. He assembles these people and they begin the process of planning uh, and to execute uh, rebuilding the wall. And watch this church. As soon as Nehemiah started, there was Satan. He didn't wait a second. I mean, right from the beginning. I'm going to show you how Satan manifests himself. So, so here's some things that we can learn from Nehemiah. So how does Satan attack godly vision that is inspired of the Lord? How does Satan attack us anything that God has called us to do? We're going to use some lessons here in uh, Nehemiah in building that wall. The first thing that we see that, that, that Satan will use the fury and the anger of others. Look at uh, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 1. 
And it says, but it so happened when Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and indignant. And then he mocked the Jews. Now watch this. So, so Nehemiah hadn't done anything to Sambalat. He hadn't done anything to them. He just came back with a passion to do what God told him to do. And the Bible says that he, that the Sambalat, Tobiah, they were furious. They were angry. I want you to understand something. I, I referenced a verse earlier today where I said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's why I say that we always got to love people, but we always got to recognize the spirit behind people. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And, 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 so, and so, but we got to understand something that Satan will use people. He desires a vessel, a body, somebody that he can come to, he can use to fulfill his will in the earth. That's why the Bible says, it calls us, he says, look, don't give place to the devil. This is why we don't give place to anger. This is why we don't want to give place to bitterness. This is why we don't, this is why we don't want to walk in a spirit of unforgiveness. And we don't want to walk in a spirit of hate. Why? Because when we walk in that spirit, then we are given Satan's place to work in our lives. We're given them and we don't want to do that because Satan is after the things of God. So we understand this principle. So there's principalities and powers working behind the scene. Satan is using people. And he's just like he used somebody. It was no accident. I don't believe. Listen, this brother was so mad. He was so angry. I don't believe that was just a coincidence. I believe that Satan was behind it because God was involved in what they were doing. And church, how many know that if God is involved in it, you can expect some opposition? Let me say that again. If God is involved in anything that's happening in your life, you can expect some opposition. So Satan, this is what he does. If you remember that Satan, even Jesus, when he had the 12 disciples, the Bible says in Luke 22, 3, it said that Satan entered Judas. Judas was numbered among the 12. So Judas allowed Satan to enter him and then Satan working through Judas tried to upset the plan of God. And how many know he haven't changed his tactics today? He's still doing the same thing. You remember in Matthew 16, 22 to 23, this with Peter. Oh God, think about it. Peter, I'm talking about Peter who was, who was considered the rock, the one that loved Jesus, this adventurous, this, this Peter who would step out on, and walk on the water, this, Pete, this Peter who would do what nobody else did. It says in Matthew 16, verses 22 and 23, then Peter took, G, took him aside, talking, he took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, that, that this shall not happen to you. In other words, Jesus, you can't go to the cross Far be it from you. You can't go. You can't die. Peter meant well. Peter didn't, didn't even understand. This is, what's, this is what's scary. Peter didn't even realize that he was being used of Satan. I believe that there's a lot of people who are being used by Satan. Listen, not just outside the church, but in the church and don't even realize it. Don't even know it. Because they lacked that discernment. Watch. And Jesus looked at Peter. Now think about it. Peter was thinking from a fleshly standpoint. Peter was thinking, Jesus, you can't die. But Jesus, listen, if Jesus don't die, if he don't sacrifice, how many know that we don't get right with God? That we remain in our sins. We remain where we were, stuck and separated from the life of God. 
Peter was, he meant well. And Peter said, hey, Jesus, you can't do this. And Jesus looked right at Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus didn't call Peter Satan. Jesus addressed the spirit that was working in Satan. Are y'all hearing it working in him? It was Satan that was working through Peter. And what was he trying to do? Stop the work of God. How many know that Satan still hasn't stopped? He's still doing the exact same thing today. Satan will try to use mockery and doubt. Nehemiah 4, verses 2 to 3. Look at this verse. It says, and he spoke before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? This is how the enemy does. How many know the enemy always will insult? He will, the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. He said, will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heap of rubbish, the stones that are burned? Now, Tobiah and the Ammonite and all of them, they, they laughed and they mocked. And they said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break it down. See, this is what Satan does. Satan always will whisper words to us. He will use people to whisper words that will say things like, you can't do it. You know, that thing that God has put in your heart to do, you're not, you, you don't have the resources. Ah, you know, you don't have the skill. I mean, you're too weak. You're too small. You can't pull it off. You can't do this. How many know this is how the enemy works? He's always whispering. Something about telling us what we can't do. Why don't he want us to do it? Because he knows that we get a revelation of what God want to do. He knows that we would, man, we, we would just, we would be awesome. That, that, that we would accomplish things that we never thought imaginable. So what does he do ahead of you working and, and, us, and us being faithful to God? He whispers. You can't do it. He'll say to Foundation Church, you're too weak. You're too small. You're too poor. You don't have the money. You don't have the skill. You don't have any of that stuff. And I say to that, that's more of a reason why we can do it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because, because when we're weak, then we're what? Strong. Because we got to rely on the power of God. How many of you want to rely on God's power? Come on. See, see if, if I'm in a position, if you and I are in a position where we got to rely on the power of God to bring us out, how many know that we're in a good place? We are candidates for God to do something amazing and something great through us. And so the enemy, that's what he does. He whispers. He mocks us. He used people outside. He used people on the inside. Remember we talked about how those tares, the same souls that tear even among the wheat. And so we got to be careful to make sure that we're hearing right. Satan will try to cause confusion. Look at Nehemiah chapter 4 verses 7 and 8. Nehemiah 4, verse 7 and 8. Now it happened when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashodites, I got all that right, heard that the walls of Jerusalem was being restored and the gaps were beginning to close. In other words, the people just didn't listen to all the stuff, all the chatter on the sidelines. They kept working. Look at the neighbor and say, you got to keep working. Come on, look at the neighbor and say, keep working, keep working. That they became very angry. And all of them, watch this, conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem. Watch this church and create confusion. How many know that confusion is the breeding ground for demonic activity? See, one of the things that you learn very quick is, is that when, when and Satan knows this, 
But the Bible says where there's confusion, there's evil work. God is not the author of confusion. Y'all hear what I'm saying this morning, church? He's not the author of confusion. And confusion generally happens when people become self-willed. Now, what do I mean by self-willed? Meaning that, watch this, church, that, that I'm going to do what I want to do, and I don't really care a whole lot about what you think or, or, or what, 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 what's, what's going on with you. It's about what I want. It's about what God is doing in me. Imagine this. Imagine an intersection. Watch this. I'm, 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 I'm taking someplace. But imagine an intersection where there's no stop signs and there's no traffic lights. And everybody in their car were just trying, you know what? I got to get where I got to go. How many know, church, nobody would get far, would we? At some point, and I would say very quickly, there would start to be crashing. But, I mean, accidents, people would get hurt. Why? Because every man is for himself. This is how the enemy thinks. How many know Satan is all for himself? And he wants us to have a selfish spirit. He don't want us to think how that what we do can impact others. That's not what the enemy does. Now watch this. I want to give you this verse. The Bible says in James 3 verses 14 and 16. Look at this. He said, but if you have bitter envy, watch this, and self-seeking. See, this is where confusion starts. It's, 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 being, it's just about me, just thinking about myself. It's okay to think about yourself. God called you to take care of yourself and think about yourself. But, but, but not to the extent that that you don't think about other people. He says, watch this. He said, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, watch this church, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking is this, confusion and every evil thing is there. So you see how the enemy, how he want to aim. And so his job is to, to create, uh, to cause us not to, to function together. His job is to try to pit us against each other. His job is to get us to disobey the rules. Don't obey the traffic light. Don't obey the stop sign. How many know the rules and the traffic light, all those traffic signs, they're there for our protection? How many know that the word of God is here for our protection? And the more that we follow it and the more we obey it, the better we will be because of it. So Satan wants to try to cause confusion. <laughs> You ever been to a baseball? I was years ago. I was at a, I was at a basketball game. I was coaching one of my kids' games years ago, and uh, and so I was in Manassas, and and uh, you know, and I remember how you know how it is. How I, you know some of the parents, and you know how we can be very 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 passionate about our kids. You know, and you know we can get to a point that it didn't, it doesn't even really really matter, man. If the team wins. All that matters, man, is I want to see my kid get in the game. Come on, somebody with me? Come on, y'all know. Don't try to act like y'all know. Man, I mean, the team, I don't care. All I want to see, I want to know if my kid, why you, I, mean, I remember one time these parents, it was like a whole bunch, they were arguing at this coach, and I mean, they just killed this poor woman. I mean, just arguing at her, and I was the assistant coach. I mean, and it got to a point that at the end of the game, Everybody was fighting against each other. Why were they fighting against each other? Because everybody was self-willed. They didn't think about what was best for the team. You follow me? All that mattered was, what about my child? What about my son? And, and, to the, to, and, and didn't even care. And, and I stood in there. There was parents fighting, pushing, and shoving. Police had to come in there and get everybody out. Church, let me tell you something. It was pandemonium. It was confusion. And that's what the enemy does. The enemy is the author of confusion. And he wants to do that. He tried to co create confusion 
with Nehemiah and, 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 and his whole team to get them up off that wall. So that no matter what, y'all can't finish this wall. Man, so they create this confusion. And how many know, church, that we got to guard against this spirit of confusion? The enemy also tried discouraging them through threats. I said that a moment ago. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. Said to, look, look at this. And then Judah said, man, the strength of the laborers is failing. In other words, church, the work that they were doing was huge. It was, it was big. It was much bigger than them. The job to go back and rebuild the walls, this was huge. And, and, and so they had a moment, like all of us do. Sometimes we have a moment. We think about, man, where we are and where we have to go. And sometimes we can think to ourselves, man, we can't be. It's just too much. I, I don't think I can get there. Church, I want you to understand that. That, that, that you're not alone, that we're not alone. It happened with them. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing. And there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, look, and our adversaries said, they will neither know nor see anything. Look at this. Till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us 10 times from wherever place you turn, they will be upon us. See, this is how Satan does. He works through people to threaten us. You know, he wants to discourage us. Right. I'm sure that, 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 that there were there were people um, that were hearing things and seeing things and. There were people that were saying things and people were being discouraged. And, and on the backside of it, the, the enemy is just threatening them. Well, if y'all keep on trying to do this thing, if you keep on trying to build this wall, I tell you what's going to happen. We're going to get you. Not only that, you're going to die. <laughs> How many know that Satan does the same thing to us today? He'll threaten us with sickness and disease. You know? You know, if you, if you do this, if you do that, or I know you got big plans, you want to serve the Lord, you want to make a difference, but, but then he started whispering to you, go to the doctor, oh, you know, the doctor give you some bad news, you're going to die. You're not going to make it. And sometimes, you know, we jump to conclusions, you know, we, not, you know, we get sick, man, and then we start going up on the internet and we read stuff and the enemy wants to get you. That's why you got to be careful what you listen to. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You got to be careful what you hear. Satan wants to, he wants to threaten us. He will threaten, man, man, if you keep on trying to be a good Christian. You keep on trying to do the right things. You keep on, keep on with this God stuff. You're going to lose your friends. You're going to lose your influence. In fact, you're going to lose your promotion. You're going to lose your job. People are not going to like you. People are going to talk, but you know, they already do it anyway. They already talk. Anyway. Y'all understand what I'm saying? But this is what the enemy does. He will threaten you about all the stuff that's going to happen to you if you continue to do what you believe is right for God. The enemy will try to use fear and intimidation to stop us from doing the work that God has called us to do. We see here in Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. It was reported among the nations, Gershom, that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem that there's a king. Now these matters will be reported to the king. So come now. Therefore, let us consult together, you know. Then, then uh, Nehemiah sent them a message. He said, no such thing as you are saying are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. For they, are, they, for they all were trying to make us afraid. 
Their hands will be weakened in the work and will not, and it will not be done. Therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. So here you see that Nehemiah is being threatened with a lie. You know what? I, I know why y'all building this wall. Y'all building this wall because, you know, y'all just trying to rebel against the king. I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell the king. And you know what? The king is going to be mad. He's going to come back and man, he's going to stop you. Again, he's trying to put them in fear. And the enemy put us in fear today. How many know, I, I really believe this. There's a lot of people that are not doing what God has called them to do simply because they're walking in fear. I made a decision a long time ago, a long time ago, early in my walk with God, because I had some tremendous fear. I said, and I, I just made a decision because, you know, the only way to overcome fear is you just got to make a decision in your brain. You just got to make a decision. You know what? If fear is, first of all, the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, right? Somebody say amen. Fear, fear does not come from God. So if you're one of those say, well, God ain't telling me to do this. And God didn't make sure that it's not because of fear. I'm going to tell you one time, I ran from my calling. When God called me, I ran from it because I was in fear. Satan wants to put us in fear. Fear. That's how he works. He want to intimidate us. He want us to be, you know, maybe, you know, God may, I don't know. I'm just saying, but maybe I'm speaking prophetically, but, but maybe God wants you to quit a job and maybe God wants you to do something else for us. Maybe he wants you to do something else where you have greater impact for him. And, and maybe it's you, you sensing your heart that God's telling me, to do, but you're afraid. Fear has taken hold of you. And so you won't step into what God is, what God wants you to do. How many know that the work that God has called us to do? Give an example. Satan do not want us to make disciples and to build, uh, make mature disciples. He don't want us to build people on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. So what does Satan does? He don't want us to, he don't want us to financially support that. So here's what he says. Man, you, you can't, man, don't, don't, don't give that money. Man. Don't, don't give that. Don't tie that. Don't, don't, don't tie. Don't, don't give to that. Because if you do that, you ain't going to make it. You ain't going to be able to, how are you going to support yourself? I mean, if you give your money to the church and you do this, man, how are you going to, how many know that the first thing that we need to tell the, the enemy when he whispered that is, first of all, God is my provider. How many know that the Bible says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God is my provider, not my employer. Can anybody, somebody say amen to that? God is your provider. So watch this, church. So what the enemy does, there are a lot of people who won't do what God says simply because they're afraid. Afraid to give. Afraid to open their mouth and tell anybody about the gospel. Afraid to give somebody a pamphlet and just invite them to church. Why? Because I'm afraid, man, they, they, they might say no. They may reject me or they might look at me as a fool. We're afraid, and the enemy, that's how he does. He tried to put them in fear. Stop the work. If you don't stop, I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> but how many of you know that we need to know that the enemy can't do nothing to us that God don't first allow? So how many know it's better to obey God first than anything else? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Obey God. Look at the name and say, obey God. obey God. It's always better for you to obey God. It's always better. So, so watch this. So what was Nehemiah's and the people's response to the opposition of the vision and mission? So, so what was Nehemiah's response? Because remember, they're building something just like we are. We're building something here. We, God has given us a vision. He's given us a mission. We all embrace what God is doing. What was Nehemiah's response? Because he, 
dealt with all this opposition. First of all, Nehemiah kept the vision and the mission before the Lord in prayer. Nehemiah 4 verses 9 says, Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. In other words, church, I want you to understand something. We have to get into a habit. I want us for every seed that we plant, and we'll be talking about that next week. I'm going to give you some things about what we're going to be doing in 2018 more specifically. But for every seed that we plant, every, every person that we talk to, every person we share the gospel with, every person we invite, every person that we believe in God for, church, we got to pray. We got to pray and ask God. Nehemiah, from the very beginning, Nehemiah kept praying to God. He kept this vision. He kept his mission before God. If we're going to accomplish anything uh, for God, we got to pray. We got to keep God involved. Because how many know that every time we pray, because here's the temptation. I know this from experience. The temptation is in the morning is to get up and just go. The temptation is just to go do things. The temptation sometimes is to come to church, just sit in the seat and just do the work. The temptation is just to come in, man, and just do it. But, but, but we cannot do that. Remember, because this is spiritual warfare. There's an enemy fighting against us. I believe a lot of times we lose battles because we don't understand the spiritual warfare that's happening behind the scenes. So what do we have to do? We have to pray about everything. Listen, church, if you're working in sound ministry, you got to pray over that thing. If you're even ushering at the door, you got to pray over that. If you're on the praise team, you got to pray. Obviously, if you're working, you got, you, you, you're working children, you're working youth, you got to keep praying all the time. Why? Because the enemy is fighting against us and we need to be in regular conversation with God if we're going to accomplish the things that God has called us to accomplish. If we're going to build correctly, you got to pray. Because every time you pray, it shows that you're trusting in God and not yourself. And I've seen this, and I, and I, and I said this on numerous occasions, that for everything that we do in this church, you know, and, and, you know, we can come in here as a praise team and we can just, for an example, we can just say, you know, we're just going to just come in here and just sing. Um, but how many know that if we are praying and, and, and God's power is involved in it, that, you know, through our mere song, God can deliver somebody. Through just what you're doing, just what Abigail is doing right there with that camera. And somebody seeing can deliver somebody if we're praying it through. So for everything we do, we're praying about it. We're not just out here just doing stuff haphazardly, going through the motion. We understand that we're in spiritual warfare. So we talk to God about it. We pray. Number two, and I'm almost done here. They kept the focus on the mission and not on people or other distractions. Nehemiah 4, 6, I read that verse earlier. It said that we built the wall. The entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. In other words, the people were focused. The people were focused. They understood that in order for them to get things done, they had to keep their focus on Jesus. People will act up. People will come. People will go. People will get mad. There will be challenges. There will be obstacles. And there will be all kinds of distractions that we all will face in life. But here's what we got to do. We got to keep our mind on what it is that God has called us to do. We got to keep our mind on what it is God has called us to do as a people, as a church, our mission and our vision. We got to keep our minds there. We, gotta, we can't lose sight of it. We got to embrace it. See, Nehemiah was able 
to build that wall simply because they kept their focus on God. Because let me tell you, the minute that they didn't keep their focus on God, they would have sunk. That wall would have never gotten built. So we got to keep our eyes on the Lord. This is what Nehemiah did. They stay unified around the vision and the mission. In other words, the vision and mission that God had given to Nehemiah, the people, they stay unified around it. I, I love this example in Nehemiah 4, verses 15 and 16. It says, and it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing. Look at this church. Look at this picture of unity. That all of us returned to the wall. Everyone to his work. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held spears, shields, bows, and wore armor. How do you know those folks were watching? They were aware of what was happening. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. In other words, church, they all was committed to one another success. How do you know that in the body of Christ, we got to be committed to each other's success? We got to cover each other. See, so listen, how many know that when you're desperate, you do what you got to do? How many know that desperate, uh, desperate situations, what is it? What is it? Desperate measures what? I, I want it. Desperate situations call for desperate things. That's a bad, I, I can't remember. The, it's a phrase. I can't remember it. But, but, but when we're desperate, when we're in a situation, man, where we're desperate, we got to do what you got to do. How do you know that they were in a situation, they were, they started this process, and so they were, we got to finish it. Either we're going to sink or we're going to swim. And so they know what they did? They said, you know what? Some of y'all hold some spears. Some of y'all draw the hammer. Some of us are going to carry some bows. We're going to have, some of us going to have our nine millimeter. Man, some of us going to have some handcuffs. Uh, some of us going to wear some body armor. Some of us going to work at construction. Some of us going to cook. Some of us going to work in the media. In other words, church, they were watching each other's backs. And nowhere did I see in here, well, God didn't call me to do that. When you are desperate, you got to do what you got to do. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? When we're in a situation, see, in our church right now, we got to know that we're in a situation right now that, that and we got to know the temperature, that we got to do what we got to do in order to fulfill the mission and the vision that God has called us to do. So sometimes that means, you know what, I may not necessarily want to do that, but you know what, I, I, I may not even be all that skilled to do it. But you know what, for the time being, if I got to stand in the back, if I got to do what I got, I'll do what I got to do until, until, what? until this thing gets done. This is their attitude. They said, we got to do this. We got to get it done. They were committed. And let me tell you, church, this was why they were able to build that wall. Everybody did something. Everybody participated. Everybody stayed involved. Everybody did what they could. Everybody was unified. Nobody pitting one another against each other. But we're encouraging. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep trying. Don't stop. I'm here with you. Give me your hand. I'll hold your hand. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You know, this morning was, was amazing, but I was, I was sitting there. I was holding uh, Aria's hand this morning and, uh, for a while. And then, then I remember one, at one point, I probably did it at a couple of points, but at one point I stopped holding her hand. And, 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 then, and then, you know, and then all of a sudden she just grabs, she's reaching, she grabs my hand again. And she's like, hold my hand. And get, you know, and, 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 and it was like, it was like, you know, I, 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 I just, right now I feel a little bit uncomfortable. You know, this is, I, I need you. I need, hold my hand. 
How many church, sometimes we're going to feel uncomfortable. Sometimes it's not always going to be the way we want it to be. But you know what? We got to hold each other's hand. We, gotta, we just got to hold. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. We got we to gotta do what we got to do because God is going to give us the victory. Can you say amen to that? Look at this. They gave God the glory. Why did they give God the glory? Look at this, and, and, and I'm done right here. In Nehemiah 6, verse 15 and 16, look at this. This is beautiful. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elah in 52 days, and it happened when all of our enemies heard of it. Now, that's gave you the... the the ingredients of how we were able to do it. And all the nation around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes. Then they, they were like, oh, what's up? This doesn't make any sense. How are those feeble, weak, remember they called them before, they were weak, feeble, or they ain't, ain't going to pull that off. All of a sudden, man, they, 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 they pull it off. And so they see this, they see this, they're like, what? And what happened? And that they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived, watch this, that this work was done by our God. See, church, see, there were two reasons why God got the glory here. Two reasons. Number one, the magnitude and the speed of the work suggest that there was divine intervention, that God was involved. Secondly, Nehemiah and the people consistently, consistently said, this is the work of God. This is what God is doing. We'll be, we're, going to be, we're going to be strong in our God. God is going to give us the victory. God is going to help us. How many know, church, that there need to be a whole lot of God talking in this, in this place? There need to be, a, every week, there need to be a bunch of folk walking around here saying what God is going to do. Because how many know that we wouldn't want it any other way? That they get, see, they were able to give God the glory. They got the victory. They built that wall. And God got the glory. And I'm telling you, church, and one of the things that inspires me, and this is the dream I have in my heart, is that God bless us so, so much. And, and it's, not about, it's not about bragging. It's not about, you know, because the Bible says, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. But, 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 but it, is, it is about sending a message that, 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 that with God, all things are possible. That with God can take a few folk that got crazy faith and do something extraordinary. You don't have to, listen, listen, don't ever get caught up on the numbers. Don't get caught up on numbers. Uh, what I mean by that is, God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God doesn't need a whole lot. He doesn't need, if God got one, is there one or two people in this room that believe God? Is there one? Is there one? That, 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 you know, God, I believe you, Lord. God will take somebody who got faith. And they will change the whole dynamic of a thing because all God wants is somebody that will believe him. The Bible says that God, his eyes go to and fro throughout the entirety of the earth looking for somebody to whom he can show himself strong. Here's my thing. Why, why can't it be us? Why can't it be us? See, church, I want you to know today that we are prime candidates. We can make a difference. We will make a big difference in the lives of people. You'll see in 2018, we're going to make a big difference in the lives of people. And it's going to blow. And some folks are going to wonder, how do y'all do that with it? You know, I remember, y'all remember Mayfest a couple years ago? Anybody remember Mayfest a couple years ago? So it was one year, a uh, couple years actually, that it was just so many people. I mean, one year, it was like so overwhelming. I mean, I, we had estimated somewhere close to, you know, 1,500, between 1,500 and 2,000. It was 2,000 people, so many people. But 
I remember that there was one lady that came to me and she was, she said, how big is your church? And I just kind of told her, she said, how did that, that small amount of people do something like this? The people had a mind to work. And let me tell you, and greater things we can do if we, if we just believe God and walk by faith and not by sight. And, and listen, church, and what we see here is an example. Nehemiah built the wall. He built the wall with, with, a, with, with a few folk and a lot of opposition and a lot of mockery, a lot of demonic activity trying to stop them. They accomplished the work because they trusted in our God. And I truly believe that we will do the same as long as we trust in our God. Y'all receive that today. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise if you receive that word today. Amen. Every, every head is bowed, every eye is closed.